society's future, we, you and I, and our government, must avoid the impulse to live only for today, plundering for our own ease and convenience the precious resources of tomorrow. We cannot mortgage the material assets of our grandchildren without risking the loss also of their political and spiritual heritage. We want democracy to survive for all generations to come, not to become the insolvent phantom of tomorrow. During the long lane of the history yet to be written, America knows that this world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate, and be instead a proud confederation of mutual trust and respect. Such a confederation must be one of equals. The weakest must come to the conference table with the same confidence as do we, protected as we are by our moral, economic, and military strength. That table, though scarred by many fast frustrations, past frustrations, cannot be abandoned for the certainty agony of the battlefield. Disarmament with mutual honor and confidence is a continuing imperative. speech you were just listening to is from Dwight D. Eisenhower. That's his farewell speech before JFK took office. And that's his famous military industrial complex speech. Key thing that I wanted to highlight in there is that even though he was going out of office and this is uh, the early 60s, uh, he's talking about we must avoid fear and hate and ensure that we have generations of freedom coming up. Uh, so for everybody who does know and everybody who doesn't, my name is Chris Rudder. I'm the host of What's Your F and Band show uh, that is sponsored by both Anchor and Spotify. And this is a very special edition of it, something that we're talking about uh, creating a new platform here with the show with, uh, where we talk about some more serious subject matter, what's going on in the news. And one of the things I want to make sure that everybody understands and realizes whenever I'm coming into any of these topics that we're going to cover, and this is just what's trending right now, whether you look at Facebook or if you look at ABC or Fox News or whoever the hell you get your news from, or if you look on Twitter or look on Instagram, outside of people showing you what they're eating for lunch or you know what they're wearing today or whatever the fuck, uh, any of the topics that people are actually having conversations about. I'm not going to come into any of this with any kind of a slant or a preconceived idea, you know, whether it's a Republican idea or Republican take on something that I don't agree with, or if it's conservative take on something I don't agree with, or a liberal or a Democratic uh, party uh, view that I don't agree with. Uh, I really want to make sure that at a very small scale, a very small subscriber base that we have here with the show, that you're able to get some content with context 
that isn't slanted one way or the other. If you look at any of the major news organizations that are out there that you consume your daily news with, you're going to see that it's slanted very far right or very far left. No matter who you get your news from, everybody has a point of view or an agenda that they want to get across the finish line. One of the easiest ways to be able to tell tell how slanted it is one direction or the other is just go ahead and program in on your TV. CNN and then program in the channel for Fox News and while they're covering the pandemic or anything to do with covid or anything to do with the vaccines flip back and forth and you'll see how completely different views we have on the exact same subject it's like two dogs fighting over a bone and we don't really have any common ground and that's what I I'd like to do is be able to have a conversation with you guys as the audience have some back and forth actually have have some uh talking points about this where we can all come together as actual middle america not the far right extreme or the far left extreme some a common sense approach to what is being given to us by the news and by the media if you listen to one person they say that the media is bought sold and paid for and that they're nothing but a corporate shill you listen to another uh, another group of people they tell you that the media is uh doing the best they can to give you the truth to try to cover everything uh in an honest way or convey that information to you but everybody that i talk to whenever you listen to the news and we're having a conversation about it most everybody can see that there's some sort of an editorial spin on it and uh obviously every media outlet that's out there does have to get advertising dollars to put together their show so if they do have an opinion that an advertiser doesn't agree with they could say hey you know we're going to pull our advertising if you you know don't change your view or you know, at least not show that view that viewpoint because we don't agree with it so everybody's kind of beholden to a little bit of uh self-censorship whenever it comes to how the media puts everything out so uh since this is very small scale and uh we don't have any sponsorship outside of how we're actually published through Anchor and Spotify. I don't have any advertisers that I'm beholden to, and anybody who does end up being on the show as a sponsor or an advertiser, they're going to understand that uh, there's nothing that your dollars are going to buy as far as my opinion goes on something. It, the way you feel about something is not going to dictate how I feel about it. And I ho- hope and this just brings up a lot of honest conversation for everybody. So if you want to get a hold of the show, you can get a hold of us at what's your f and binge at gmail.com. That's w h a t s y o u r f n b i n g e at gmail.com or you can get a hold of me directly at chrisrutter19.1970.cr at uh, gmail.com and you can also leave a comment here on the show and depending on which platform you listen to you can uh, leave reviews and writings on iTunes you can also leave it on Google podcast you can uh, also leave it on Spotify uh, you be able to see everything as it's published on the Facebook groups Um I no longer do anything on Facebook personally. I only do it for the show. So anything that shows up on my personal page is just a reflection of what's going on in the show. I'm sure that's going to spark up conversation. Any uh any viewers or any listeners who who uh want to leave a comment, please do so. Let's have a good honest conversation about this stuff. Some people are you're going to get your feelings hurt. Some people are going to support it. That's all cool. as long as we can just have a good honest conversation about each one of the topics and I'm going to go ahead and start everything out here uh after we come back from the break um talking about what is first and foremost on everybody's mind right now it is uh Tuesday August 10th at 1:30 p.m. we're going to talk about what's been in the news this past weekend or the past couple of weeks and just point out some things that are absolute truths on both sides of the aisle how it's being portrayed how it's actually happening some things that you actually have to do research on to find out what the actual truth is there's a lot of stuff that's being spoon-fed to everybody that's really focused around fear and hate right now that's the reason I wanted to bring the show in with that Eisenhower clip uh, as as he was leaving the uh, pre- presidency he was the 34th president and um one of the best ones of my grandfather's lifetime he told me he was the best president we ever had for some people it's Ronald Reagan for some people it's Clinton for some younger people it's probably Obama under no circumstances is it going to be Trump or Biden nobody's going to rate either one of them high i don't think so but it'd be interesting to find out what anybody has to say you can also go to the uh anchor app 
and find my show on there and actually leave a voice comment. And as the show grows and continues, then we'll also have everything set up with Google Plus with a new number and everything that we can do live call-ins and we could do a live stream on the show. Working on working a couple of the kinks out with that with StreamYard and a couple other providers. So that way we can start doing live video. We can do a live stream on multiple. Uh, platforms out there. Hopefully, there's enough people out there that like the show that makes it worthwhile to do it, and makes it worthwhile to you to listen to. So,、uh, thanks everybody for joining in. And after we come back from the break, we're going to go ahead and jump into the first、uh, topic today. Thanks. So we're just going to go ahead and jump in here, and with the first segment, want to talk about、uh, this past weekend, USA Today, August sixth through eighth, front page news. Here we are failing one another. This is America's fourth COVID nineteen surge. It didn't have to happen. Let's end it now. And so this is obviously an editorial piece. It is backed up with hospital ICUs fill as Delta variant rips across the nation. Though deaths remain far below last winter's peak, which reminds you is 0.4 percent of all people、uh, getting COVID and possibly dying. So far below that number. We all have to sit here and worry about whether or not you're vaccinated or not. Nearly 11,000 Americans were in hospital intensive care units with COVID-19 this week, the highest level since the first week of March when vaccines were limited. So go back in time there and go back to the beginning of the、uh, right after they released the first round of vaccines and the big、um, the big scare that happened was the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Right, we had to stop issuing the Johnson and Johnson. We had to go on a two-week little media crusade, easing everybody's fears.、Uh, in the meanwhile, in meantime,、uh, we're downplaying anything that happened with Pfizer or Moderna or any of the other vaccines that are out there, whether it was here in the U.S. or around the world. There's two weeks of、uh, propaganda that we had to go on. And、um, whenever you look at the world stats right now, with who actually is getting COVID, whether it's the vaccinated or the unvaccinated, and you look at the U.S.'s. Stats on who's getting sick, whether it's the vaccinated or the unvaccinated. The, the COVID, whether you get the COVID strain or the new Delta variant, the PRC test can't tell the difference between any of them. Everybody's just getting tagged with having the Delta variant,、um, which, at the end of the day,、uh, based on what the CDC's own test results were, which is why they recalled the PRC testing units themselves,、um, you're able to dial that PRC test in. Um, basically, to get the results that you want, you can turn a com- common code、uh, into COVID. You can turn COVID into pneumonia or pneumonia into COVID. It's all very, very、um, manipulated. So, the CDC, after a year of testing all of these po- false positives and everything coming out, they finally have to admit: look, these PRC tests don't work the way that we thought they did, even though they did. All of this、um, background and、uh, you know it, 
not trying to discover anything that might be wrong with it. All the research and everything that goes into it dates back to 2012, and they've never used it for anything until now. They finally recalled those tests. So how are we going to get tested going forward? Well, first let's back up again and let's talk about why the world stats are so much different than the U.S.'s stats. If you look at Sydney, Australia, if you look at Tel Aviv, if you、uh, look at Jerusalem, Israel, if you look at Gibraltar, if you look at Italy, if you、uh, look in,、uh, at Europe's stats as a whole, whether it's you know from Amsterdam all the way up to Switzerland, everywhere in between, every other country you could think of, Spain even,、um, if you look at what their stats are saying,、um, German, Germans,、uh, Germany's. Head of scientific research came out this weekend and said that approximately 35 to 40 percent of their deaths from COVID、um, are happening with people who were actually vaccinated. And then you look at what Australia is actually reporting, and they're saying that 99 percent of all of their hospitalized cases with COVID are people who were vaccinated. The same thing in New Zealand. The same thing in Gibraltar. The same thing in Iceland. The same thing in Ireland. All of these countries around the world. And then whenever you come back to the United States, Fauci and Biden both within the last month said that 99% of all hospitalized cases are from the unvaccinated. And if you watch it this past weekend's news cycle, what they're talking about right now is that this is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So they're making it so that way anybody who doesn't want to be vaccinated, anybody who hasn't been vaccinated, must be afraid that now you're going to be shunned, you're going to be targeted in public, you're going to be ridiculed, you're going to be shamed, you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to have a lot of people、uh, attacking you with hate speech. Anything that you post on Facebook, anything that you post on Instagram, anything that you post on Twitter, is going to be tagged with "this has COVID-related news" or facts or information. It's going to be fact-checked. Your post may be taken down. You may be suspended off of Facebook, like I was. You may be tagged in Instagram, like I have been. You may you may have your tweets taken down, like I have on Twitter. We all know stories of people who've been in Facebook jail and everything because of the stuff that they have posted about this over the past 30 days or 60 days. But the reason the world's stats are so different from what's going on in the U.S. right now, or at least the stats that they're reporting, the propaganda that they're pushing or the narrative that they're pushing out there, is that in Australia they're looking at what's happened in the past. 30 to 45 days that the Delta variant has become something. All of these breakthrough cases, because in the first couple of months of whenever they were putting out the vaccine, remember we didn't have to worry about getting COVID if you were vaccinated. Fauci and Biden both came out on news conferences and said, if you have the vaccine, you don't have to worry about it. You're not going to get sick. Don't worry about it. It's the people who haven't been vaccinated who still need to wear a mask, and they have to worry about it. But that's their choice. That's what Biden was saying. In just April of 2021. Now, fast forward 60 days, going into the end of June, going through July, and now into August. Now that we're ramping up for everything to go back to school, now everything is completely turned on its head. The same people who were telling you last year in 2020, Biden and Kamala Harris, and you name it, anybody from the Democratic Party, they all said there was no way in the fucking world that they would ever take the Trump shot. Trump didn't create the shot. He pushed for the FDA approval of a shot that could pass testing. Now, notice the shots were only in trials whenever Trump was still in office, and as soon as he was out of office, we were able to forego the FDA approval process and called an emergency action to release the vaccines. But while he was in office, we definitely wanted it to go through FDA trials. We wanted it to go through FDA approval. And that's something that normally takes three to five years, if it's fast-tracked. In the case of an emergency, everybody said that the Trump vaccine had to be tested that way. As soon as he's out of the way and everything, that we changed gears on that, and now we're able to put out the vaccine. But in the in the meantime, you go back to April, whatever you're looking at. How they were saying you're safe if you got the shot. What are you worried about? What are you bitching about? Stop wearing your mask. Stop worrying about if anyone's wearing a mask. If they didn't get the shot, they're the ones that have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Now, fast forward that another 60 days here. Like I said, going into the end of June, going through July, 
then it becomes we have to get everybody vaccinated. It's the people who aren't vaccinated, they're continuing to spread COVID. And everybody's like, well, what the fuck do you mean? I thought if we got the shot, we didn't have to worry about the spread of COVID. It was them. It was their problem. I'm vaccinated. I'm a hero. No, you're not a hero. You're still at risk. And it's because of these people who haven't been vaccinated like you that now all of a sudden this is turning into the Delta strain. This is a new COVID-2 COVID-19 basically a new variant of it that is being caused by the people who aren't vaccinated which flies in the face of science just for everybody's edification out there if you haven't ever thought about this before or haven't had anybody tell you this before the reason we don't have a vaccine for fucking colds is because the vaccine will mutate the disease or the virus and make it start attacking your body, make your body eat holes in itself, start growing new mutations of the virus and causing more death and causing way more damage than the common code that we seasonally have to deal with, that our immune system is more than capable of dealing with year after year after year after year after year. The CDC and all science knows that it's impossible and it's stupid to try to put out a vaccine against a virus like the common code. So what makes the novel COVID-2, COVID-19, whatever name you want to put on it, what makes the novel corona so different? They can't produce a full protein strand, an actual protein strand, an actual sample from somebody's blood culture to give to other hospitals and other laboratories. It's controlled completely by the CDC and the World Health Organization and the UN. Call up your local labs and testing facilities. Look it up online. On you, go to YouTube. Go to Google. Find out if there are any other testing sites besides CDC sites that have what they call a full protein strand of the virus. Every year, they even provide a, a um, samples of the full protein strand to every major hospital in the United States. So that way, whenever they pull a blood culture, it can be easily identified. They've never done that with the Delta variant yet. It's this new super disease that's being created by the people who aren't vaccinated. Now, every year during cold and flu season, we vaccinate people for the flu so that way they don't die from it or become severely injured. Obviously, we know that. But never once in the history of man has anybody ever come out and said, well, your grandma got vaccinated, but now you need to get vaccinated because you might make the flu worse. No, the vaccine is only to protect the people who are susceptible to serious injury or death. That's the reason we have a flu shot. It's not to force everybody in the world to take it, so that way not one person will die from it. And then you look at what the CDC did at the beginning of how they actually released the vaccine whenever they start putting out the testing protocols, still using the PRC machines, mind you. We're still using that at the beginning of the vaccines. I'm getting off track here a little bit. So let me go back to why the world stats are so much different than the U.S. stats. Whenever the CDC first released testing protocol, whenever the vaccines hit, all people who tested positive for COVID who were unvaccinated, they were included in the numbers of new COVID cases. People who had previously had COVID but were unvaccinated, all of their numbers, if they're a repeat case, because at the beginning of the year, no one thought you could get COVID twice. That's changed, right? So if you had COVID before and you got it again, but you're still not vaccinated, your number goes into the little, little file there for new COVID cases. But if you've been vaccinated and you still got COVID, we now started calling those breakthrough cases or the Delta variant. That wasn't included in the new COVID numbers. 
if you got COVID last year and you went and got the shot, whether it's one application or two application, if you completed the course of shots or even only did the first of two, you had it last year, you got the vaccine, and then you end up getting this new strain of COVID, this quote unquote new strain of COVID. Your number's not included in the new cases of COVID study. So ever since the beginning of the vaccine being rolled out, the CDC has cooked the books. Only those who are unvaccinated, their numbers would count. Their numbers would count towards, but everybody's deaths from whether you were vaccinated or unvaccinated, that would count in all of the total deaths. So obviously it would look like the death rate was much worse than it was last year. But even though they're cooking the books, they can't make the death rate look worse. So what they have to start lying about is that the hospitals are full. So just to break all of this down here, what we, what we just covered on this, and, and everybody, if you agree or you disagree, go ahead and send an email. Send that into what's your binge at gmail.com. Leave a comment on iTunes or on Google Podcast. Leave a comment on the Anchor app. You can even leave a direct voice message to me off of the Anchor app if you want to download that. Go to Spotify. Leave a message or a comment for us there. But we're talking about why the world's stats are so much different. Israel and Australia and Europe, all these countries in Europe and everything, uh, they're all smart enough to look at new COVID cases as new COVID cases, whether they were vaccinated or unvaccinated. So now that they're looking at all of the hospitalized, they're actually able to see that in Australia, they're all of their cases but one, all of their cases but one in the past two weeks, all previously vaccinated, 99%. In Iceland, Gibraltar, Israel, all the same numbers because they're including the people who are vaccinated, where the U.S. is not. The PRC testing they found has been completely fraudulent. It's able to be dialed up and set to whatever setting you need it to, so that way it reads enough of that micro material that's needed to get a positive, quote-unquote, positive result for having COVID. We all have heard those, you know, the, I guess they're um, urban legends now or whatever, but a guy dies of a, of a motorcycle accident. His brain is laying outside of his helmet. Well, they test him. He had COVID. He died of COVID. So now they're counting only the CDC mandate on this is that they actually pay each one of the hospitals $53,000 per patient who has to spend at least one day in the hospital being treated for COVID. And then on top of that, if they die while in the hospital's care, having COVID, it's a total price tag on your death of $90,000 plus. Now, if you're the hospital administrator and you need new x-ray equipment, you need new MRI equipment, we all know insurance fraud happens on a daily basis. You think it's not happening with this? $90,000 per death. How many deaths have we had in the U.S.? How many deaths have been happening worldwide? What are the numbers on that? Changes every day. I don't know when you're going to listen to it. Four million cases, 40 million cases, 600,000 deaths, whatever the numbers currently are whenever you look at this. Basically, less than, barely 1% total. And that includes the very beginning whenever they were false reporting all of these fucking numbers. Motorcycle wrecks, someone had a heart attack, someone had a stroke. Test them. Oh, they had COVID. They died of COVID. Those stories were going around last year. Those stories obviously spring from truth. These people who these stories have actually been eyewitnessed by, they've come out, they've been whistleblowers, gets brushed under the carpet by all the news. 
You hear about it as an urban legend on Fox. You hear about it as a complete lie. This is just a story that's been fabricated by the far right. You hear that on CNN. Nobody actually gives true gives credit to these things are actually happening. They get reported like it's a conspiracy. I don't know about you, but the conspir- conspiracies to me should not be actual scientific data. Should not be matters of life and death. Good conspiracy conversation for me and you should be something like, did we fucking land on the moon or not? That's a fun conspiracy to talk about because no one fucking dies from it. Our freedom isn't being taken away. Nobody's telling me that I have to get a shot of a foreign substance. I have to have somebody put a needle in me to be able to go to the store, to be able to go to work, to be able to ride a plane. I'm getting ready to go on vacation here uh, in in October. Going to celebrate my birthday out in Arizona with with uh, Shannon and I's friends, and uh, you know we're we're watching the news every single fucking day to make sure that they're not going to do a airplane mandate for vaccines. They're already doing it in France. They're already doing it in Germany. They're already doing it in Italy. Cuomo on his way out in the middle of getting sexual allegations and being forced to resign or be impeached and publicly humiliated in all kinds of fucking ways just passed just helped pass it into effect the new york city is they have to have a vaccine pass to ride the subway to go places to eat in france they actually have the police going around and harassing the patrons of restaurants show us your vaccine 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 report show us your vaccine card got your vaccine proof if you don't have it get out or you're arrested over the weekend the CDC along with Biden they just passed it into into law the new mandate this is where it gets really scary if you have any friends or family that are in the military they just passed it into law that if you wear the uniform you have to get vaccinated and if you don't you are subject to uniform and military code which means you could be court martialed if you res- refuse to get the vaccine <clears throat> by anybody else's way of thinking you're now i mean obviously if you're in the military you're the property of the US government i get it But maybe shouldn't that vaccine mandatory and be ruled as a court martial should that really only be applied to the people who are just now enlisting with this fucking information you're telling some guy who's been in the marine corps for 20 years who fought in the gulf and has fought in afghanistan done five fucking tours whatever the case is if you don't take this shot sir you're going to be court martial after 20 years of service that's going to come out i promise you in the next couple of weeks watch the news there's going to be a lieutenant there's going to be a major there's going to be a, a gunny that's uh, from the marine corps someone from the air force someone is going to raise all kinds of hell about this and make sure this is on the news and if you keep your eyes and your ears open you'll be able to hear it i promise you this is going to happen in the next couple weeks there's no fucking way they're going to be able to put that mandate out on guys in uniform men in the military people who have served the country with honor You're going to force them to take a shot or they get court-martialed. You don't think someone's not going to raise a fucking hell about that? So I've covered a lot of stuff here and everything today and this is all the pandemic stuff that everybody's talking about. It's a topic of conversation. It's the first thing to lead the news with. It's the last thing that you hear. The only way you can avoid hearing about it is to completely turn off all your news sources. We can't do that because we got to find out what the fuck they're going to do next. Instead of sitting around being good little boys and girls waiting for them to tell us what to do next, start looking at a neutral sales uh, um, news organization and um, get yourself some independent, unbiased information that's actually been researched that's been vetted out to make sure that comes from credible sources 
I'll be back in a minute here after we get done with this next break. And we're going to go into, since I broadcast out of southern Indiana, we're going to talk about some more local things that are going on here where I live. But I'm sure my local situation isn't much different than yours. We're all pretty much the same at the end of the day, aren't we? If you talk to somebody, talk to your neighbor, they might be a different skin color. They might be from a different country, but their day-to-day shit that goes on in your hometown, pretty much the same everywhere you go. So hopefully my local situation translates to what you have going on locally. Maybe it's at a bigger scale or a smaller scale. Something else that we can all talk about, and, and one of the things I want to stress to everybody is whenever you're looking at everything on the political stage, the worst thing you can do is look at it at a national level. You really need to dig in and look more at a local level because the only people who actually do what you want them to do is your local city council, your elected senator, and your elected congressman. You have to pay attention to those people to make sure what you want to have happening on the national scale is what's happening. Bitching about whoever's in office as the president is never going to do you a world of fucking good. It's just a popularity contest. Nobody wants that job. You got to be a special kind of fucker to actually want that job. Realize what, what sort of narcissist you have to be to want to be the president of the United fucking States. So why are you worried about what that idiot is doing? The way you can control it, the way you can actually look at it, the way you can actually dictate how those things roll up to Capitol Hill and how they actually roll up and show up on the federal level is by looking at how you're locally represented. So I'll look more at my local topics and see if there's a parallel between what's going on here in southern Indiana or Arizona or Arizona and Syracuse. Whatever, I don't give a shit. Hopefully it gives us all a different way to be able to look at things. It gives us more of a conversation, more of a common ground. Instead of looking at how everything's portrayed in the media, there's such a political divide between everybody. I don't care if you're red or blue. I don't care if you're black or white. I don't care if you're Canadian or Mexican. We're all pretty much the same at the end of the day on a local level. It's what you, once you bring in that big national two-party system that everybody has to choose a side and their side has to win every conversation. Common sense goes out the door. So let's take a look at it on a, on a local level here and see what we can do for each other, find out what topics are being missed, find out the easiest way to be able to get this stuff to float up to the capital or on the federal level instead of having everything rolled downhill to us and we're just sitting here waiting for them to tell us what to do like good little boys and girls. Fucking stand up and, and make something happen. It can be done. It gets done all the time by people who are informed and people who won't stop advocating what their issue is. Be back in a minute after the break. Thank 
right, everybody, after coming back from the break here, um, again, it's Tuesday, August 10th. Uh, it is now about 2.30 p.m., so we're going into the second hour of recording here. Uh, but um, just want everybody to know you can leave comments. You can get a hold of me. Tell me if you agree or you disagree. Uh, get a hold of us at whatsyourfnbinge at gmail.com or at chrisrudder.1970.cr at gmail.com. You can also leave reviews and comments on iTunes. You can go to Google Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. You can go to Anchor. You can go to Anchor either online or you can download their app. Um, if you do listen to the show through the Anchor app or online through Anchor, you can actually leave a voice message uh, directly to me here on the show that will be that I can play on air for you. Uh, and I'll make sure anybody who does leave a comment and everything, we'll make sure that we're able to get something special put together there for you if we play it on the air. Uh, so uh, moving on into what we're going to be talking about more locally, um, I want to talk a little bit about what's been in the news lately here in southern Indiana. Last Sunday, which was August the 1st, uh, the Evansville Courier and Press, on the heels of the CDC coming out with a op- opioid overdose records for 2020, new numbers that are new records, more people died of overdoses from heroin, opioids, uh, fentanyl-related overdoses than ever before in history. In 2021, the numbers are tracking to be even more than that. Uh, The numbers from 2018 to 2020 saw a 4.7% increase, but in 2020 alone, it was almost an 8% increase over the past uh, three years average. So obviously it's on the rise. Everybody's being stuck at home, having all sorts of different stuff go on, whether you're having to deal with, um, you know, just being depressed, you're just always stuck at the house, people are scared to go outside, they're looking for ways to escape, whatever the case is, or you're just dealing with a serious lifelong addiction problem. Uh, what the current res- uh, reports are from the CDC and um, uh, from national investigations or national numbers compiled from different police reports and everything is basically the one in four uh, pills bought and sold on the street one in four of them is counterfeit. The majority of the bust that they're making, which now includes meth also, is being laced with fentanyl. That includes heroin. These counterfeit pills are more often than not laced with fentanyl. Um, somebody can uh, be busted with 50 grams of uh, fentanyl, which is basically a raw fentanyl, which is enough to cause 385,000 overdoses. And in the Evansville Courier Press, they did a three-page feature on this crisis here in southern Indiana, on how the numbers have been on the uptick and how they've really risen, and how they're really, um, really seeing the evidence of the fentanyl problem that's going on within this community. Um, You know, addiction, we could have a completely different conversation about that, but as far as an overdose on fentanyl, I know more about that than most anybody who's going to be listening because I saw it firsthand. And in the past year, I know of personally no less than 16 people who have overdosed. First and foremost was Angela Rudder. There were many people before her, and there's been many people since then. Of the 16 people that I know personally, all of them who had an uh, overdose come to find out fentanyl was involved. So that got me thinking, okay, cool, we're, we're talking about the fact that there's a crisis. People who are caught in this addiction circle and everything, a lot of times they return to it and everything because there's a lot of shame and embarrassment, so they can't talk about it. All of these different, you know... Um, really enlightened ways to be able to look at how people uh, continue to remain in addiction, can't stay in recovery, how there's all these issues. And then at the, you know, at uh, the end result is getting that one in uh, four dose that is a counterfeit that's laced with fentanyl. And the next thing you know, that person's not with us anymore. So I got to looking through opioid and heroin fentanyl related arrests just in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, 
This is Southern Indiana. And I'm going to talk about, you know, general Southern Indiana stuff. we got Gibson County, Warren County, and Vandenberg County. But I want to look at the Evansville uh, arrest related to this subject. And it starts off in 2018, drug, drug rings, daily meth, opioids in Evansville, net federal indictment and charges. Seven people face federal drug charges for reportedly dealing in fentanyl, meth, and opioids. That was in 2018. That's the number one result for this, by the way. Number two... This is now we're ta- now we're dealing with something more recent. Massive amounts of drugs seized in bust of Evansville drug dealers. Federal law enforcement officials on Tuesday announced the takedown of a Mexican-based drug distribution network that ran here through Evansville, Indiana. This is September 15th of 2020, so a year ago. These are the top two results. The Mexican-based drug distribution network uh, warrants for arrest were issued for 11 people. Three people in Evansville were detained. So we're looking at 10 arrests, 11 warrants, most of them in somewhere the fuck Mexico, Tijuana, all these other places. Evansville man arrested in connection with fentanyl overdose. Uh, the arrest of Caleb Scott Powell, 25, of em- in Evansville, Indiana. This happened in May of 2019. And selling uh, fentanyl as well as other opioids, including heroin. So there's one man arrested directly relating to a fentanyl overdose. One man. <clears throat> July 8th, 2021. So this is just a little bit over a month ago. Now keep in mind, these are the four top results in Google. I've got September of 2020, August of 2018, May 31 of 2019, May 8th of 2019. That's where another 10 people were uh, indicted in Evansville. After an 18-month investigation, approximate cost of $3.1 million dollars, An arrest has been made after a long drug traffic investigation uh, that involved multiple law law enforcement agencies, including the DEA, the FBI, Evansville, and Vandenberg Police and Sheriffs. I'm going to look into what the supposed cost of these these were and do a follow-up on this, but here's the bottom line. Just doing a Google search, putting in what this crisis event is in southern Indiana.
So we've had four articles dating back to 2018 where they've done big arrests, big enough to draw federal uh, attention or multiple multiple agency attention. <clears throat> we have 10, we have seven, um, we have four local, and we have a Caleb Scott Powell. So we have 18, 21 people <clears throat> indicted or rounded up in the bust over the past three years. <clears throat> and just in the past year, 18 months alone, I personally know of 16 people just in southern Indiana. Don't know how much money has been poured into these investigations. Um, I'm going to look at the uh, what's happened since the indictment or since the drug seize and see what's happening next on that. But I want to take a look at how they're actually getting prosecuted. Um, whenever the uh, Evansville prosecutor is currently embroiled in the middle of a sexual harassment suit that he settles out of court um, to the sum total of $75,000 going to the plaintiff, to the lady who made the allegations, which obviously um, this out of court settlement, if there's anybody else involved with it or whatever, then they'll start coming out now that they know that there's money attached to it. But got me wondering, you know, $75,000, okay, that's the payout to the plaintiff. But that doesn't include the legal fees. You know, Nick Herman and the city, they're losing this. So, you know, they, since they're settling out of court, so part of the agreement is going to be that, you know, you pay for all fees. So for Nick Herman's defense and everything, uh, this is an 18-month inquiry that's go gone on. They've been in and out of court over the past year. Motions and all of this other stuff, uh, you know, evidence, testimony, all this good stuff going on. Legal counsel at this high of a level isn't cheap. I know how much really good um, legal representation costs for somebody in my situation. Um, I know somebody who's laid out over eight or nine thousand dollars over the past couple years to uh, a fight, a drug seize that happened to them. And that was just up front to the lawyer. That doesn't include the back end if anything goes to trial. So, you know, figure legal representation for Nick Herman on something like this that's been going on for a year and a half um, for him and the city, probably talking 20,000, 15, 20,000. And for the, um, you know, Nick Herman is the defendant in this. And for the plaintiff on this, the person who is pressing the charges against Nick Herman, they're obviously coming to the table with the best representation they can get here locally. So you're probably talking another 15, 20,000. So, okay, now we're talking a hundred, $110,000 totally is being paid out. I know who Nick Herman is and, and I know that he has done some things well. He's got a good prosecution rate and everything, which, um, based on my experience and to the people that I know means he's really good at uh, making sure that cases get settled out of court so that way they can get the conviction and um, really good at picking which cases to really go after full full bore on this. And in the middle, middle of all this um, got me thinking like, how much does Nick Herman make? How can he afford to pay off $100,000? Like, is this a, does he have to pay it off on, in one lump sum? Is it over the next year? Is it over two years? Is it over three years? If we're going any longer than two or three years, it's a very insubstantial amount for the claims that were actually made. And why isn't there any pressure for him to leave office? He's copped to being guilty to this. It's an out-of-court settlement. That means you're guilty, you're tired of dealing with it, here's some money, go away. He's an elected official. He makes $147,000 a year for anybody who's wondering. That's by the Evansville Courier and Press uh, article that they did in May of 2018, reporting 2017 earnings 
of the top 100 people in Vandenberg County who work for the city or government that make over $100,000 a year. It's 111 of them, in case you're wondering. 111 people working in the government making two or three times the money you and I make for doing what? How many of your local ideas or how many of your local problems are actually being addressed in a way that you are happy with? Please leave any comments that you have for that to whatsyourfnbinge at gmail.com or chrisrudder.1970.cr dot dot at gmail.com. Leave a like or a review. Please subscribe. Go to iTunes. Go to Spotify. Go to Anchor. You can go to Google Podcast. Go to iHeartRadio. You can go to Radio Public. Anywhere that you get your quality podcast, make sure that you hit like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Leave something for us for the next episode. Whenever uh, we come back for the next episode, we're going to make sure that we have things up uh, for the new website that's going to be going, any new advertisers that are going to be going on uh, the show. Uh, We have a couple of sponsors and advertisers that we're going to be talking to for that. Um, The next few episodes are going to remain advertisement-free. We'll have a Patreon account up. This is something that we want to start looking at in more of a full-time view here in the local area. We need to have an independent news source that's coming to everybody um, that isn't paid for by advertising dollars, whether it's one of the TV stations or the newspaper. Um, I'm not here to sell ads. I'm here to talk about what's going on from my point of view, based on research, regardless of what the complaint is, whether it's a Republican or conservative or Democrat or liberal or whatever the hell they want to call themselves. Let's just get back to just being neighbors and and looking at everything here and, and just have a good, honest discussion without the vitriol or the emotion injected into it. It doesn't have to be such a split, a huge divide between two different ideologies. And um, I appreciate anybody who's listening to the show. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Again, leave any likes or comments. Subscribe. Go to Spotify. Go to Anchor. Go to iTunes. Go to Google. You can also find everything on Facebook. You can find it on Twitter. You can also find it on uh, Instagram. On Twitter, it's uh, under at ChrisRudder19. On Instagram, it's under What's Your F and Binge. And on Facebook, we have two What's Your F and Binge pages. One's public, one's private. You could join either one. Um, and uh, also, uh, everything that we'll be covering in each one of the new shows will be put up on uh, the personal page for Christopher Scott Rudder. And until next time. Good luck with that.